Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. Critical race theory, LGBTQ history, experimentation sex ed, and climate supposition, short on science. Welcome to government schools in Illinois. Schools where many students are failing to meet proficiency standards in science, math, and language arts. During this edition of Illinois Family Spotlight, award-winning journalist Alex Newman takes on the education establishment. Mr. Newman has authored and co-authored several books, including Crimes of the Educators, an expose of government schools. In 2019, Alex and a coalition of Christian leaders formed Public School Exit. The Illinois Family Institute is teaming with this ministry, working to rescue children from government schools. Mr. Newman was one of the featured speakers during the 2021 IFI Worldview Conference held at Revive Church in Collinsville. During this segment from his presentation, he comments on the New World Order touted by George H.W. Bush and other presidents and how government schools are shaping the outcome of elections. The thing is that even if we do manage to restore honest elections, even if we do manage to uh, get election integrity back into our laws, uh, over the long term, we're going to lose all of the elections if we continue allowing our children to be indoctrinated, to hate America, to hate their parents, to hate God, to hate the church. Uh, that's just a fact, and, uh, and I've got the data to back it up. So here's the, uh, the political data. This was a survey that came out in 2019 by the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation, a scientific poll, and what they found was that 70% of my generation, millennials, say they're going to vote for socialists in the future, okay? Socialism is basically the opposite of Christianity on almost every point, and we'll keep coming back to this, but 70% of my generation, if you look at the Electoral College map in the recent elections, uh, Donald Trump would have gotten three electoral votes if only millennials voted. And, and it's always embarrassing to admit you're a millennial because then everybody assumes you're an idiot, so I'm sorry. Not all of us are that way, but it's not wholly unjustified. Now, the religious data, pretty terrifying as well. Uh, millennials will be the first generation in all of American history where a majority says they're non-Christian. So Christians are officially in the minority among millennials, first time that's ever happened in American history, and the numbers are sinking like a rock. And then if you drill down into that minority that describes themselves as Christian, what you'll find is only a minority of them are actually saved and true Christians. Okay, a lot of them just identify that way because that's what their parents told them or they grew up that way. This is coming from a country where we had, you know, at one point, 99% of people were Christian. Right? Uh, George Barna's latest survey showed 6% of people have a biblical worldview. Coming from a, a past where we had nearly 100% of people, even non-Christians, having a biblical worldview. So we are in some very, very big trouble, and I submit to you that the entire blame for this can be put at the feet of government education and everything that goes with that. You know, Hitler was a monster, and he was wrong about pretty much everything, but he was right on one thing, okay? And almost all the totalitarians of the 20th century understood this. If you want to have total power, you've got to go for the kids, right? You guys are the bitter clingers. You remember that's what uh, Obama called you because you cling to your guns and you cling to your Bibles. Uh, they know that, right? Hitler understood that the older generation was the bitter clingers, and so they always go for the kids. And so this quote actually came up in the Nuremberg Trials. It's a true story. Uh, they said, he alone who owns the youth will gain the future. 
Okay, and that is a fact. That is why they've been so ruthlessly targeting the children. That's why Adolf Hitler became the first world leader in human history to make it a crime for parents to educate their own children at home. They wanted to stick a wedge between the parents and the children, divide the families. First the kids all had to be brainwashed at government school, then they had to go to the Hitler Youth and all the rest of it. And this kind of program to separate children from their families is coming to America. And I brought the receipts. Because I don't want anybody to take my word for this stuff. So here is uh, Melissa Harris. Perry. Never invested as much in public education as we He's should have, because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. All right, yeah, your kids belong to the whole community, okay? Uh, and that's what they think. That's what they think. Now, the Department of Education and the Department of Health and Human Services, this was during Obama's administration, they put out a policy document, and they said parents could be equal partners with the federal government in the raising of their own children. And then as you read the fine print, you see they don't mean equal partners at all. The parents will be the junior partners. As long as they do what the federal government wants and says, then we're okay. If they don't, they need mandatory parenting classes, and if they still won't, then they're going to lose their kids. Okay, this is all right in the policy document. This is what they believe. Uh, Arne Duncan spent seven years as Obama's Secretary of Education. He wants some of your kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And all the rest of them, they need to be in government schools for 12, 13 hours every day. Listen. You know, there are certain kids we should have 24-7 to really create a safe environment and give them a chance. Um, I think all of our schools should be community centers. Our schools should be open 12, 13, 14 hours a day. Yeah. That's what they want, right? Uh, and in, in fairness, they've been sounding this drum for a long time. Hillary Clinton wrote this book more than 20 years ago. It takes a village to raise your children. And as, if you read the book, you see it doesn't actually take a village. It takes a government village to raise your children. That's what they think, okay? Uh, now, before we get into the specifics of what's going on, I want to point out that there is an actual agenda here. These people who are doing this have an objective, and ultimately we know who their commander-in-chief is. But I want to let them speak for themselves rather than tell you what the agenda is. I'll just let them speak. So here we go. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. So uh, a world where the rule of law will govern the conduct of nations, a world where a credible United Nations will use its peacekeeping role, he's talking about their troops, the, the goobers with the blue helmets, will implement the vision of the UN's founders. And that's a very revealing statement. We know who the UN's founders were. Uh, after World War II, Stalin sent a gentleman by the name of Molotov. He's the guy who signed the pact with Adolf Hitler's regime to carve up Europe, you enslave those, we'll enslave these, and then we'll all live happily ever after. On our side, we sent a senior bureaucrat from the uh, Department of State named Alger Hiss, and they really, really liked him. That, that should have been our first red flag. They made him the chairman of the conference that wrote the UN Charter. Then they made him the first secretary general of the United Nations. Then we put him on trial and we threw him into federal prison because we found out he was an agent of Joseph Stalin. He was a spy, okay? A communist spy from America and a minion of Joseph Stalin, one of the worst mass murderers in human history, created this abomination. And we have a president of the United States saying we'll give up the vision of our founders and move toward a world where the UN's founders' vision is what is implemented. Now, I don't want to just sound like I'm picking on Republicans. There are plenty of Democrats on board. Here is uh, Bill Clinton. After 1989, President Bush kept 
said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. And uh, Beijing, Biden? The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. So, I mean, we could do this for a week. I can show you all the different world leaders saying we need a new world order. They all agree, right? The, the whole swamp agrees they need a new world order. And I submit to you that their primary tactic is going to be the indoctrination of our children. And it's not just me saying that. Uh, they themselves admit it. So they have this ideology they call sustainable development. And we're going to get into this in a moment, and you'll understand why it's so relevant. Basically, if you want to understand it, just take everything the Bible teaches and turn it exactly upside down. So the Bible teaches private property rights. God said, thou shalt not steal. Pretty clear. Don't steal people's stuff. They're teaching our children that private property is at the root of social injustice. We need to redistribute everybody's wealth by stealing it first. Okay? Uh, Bible says thou shalt not murder. They're teaching our children that it is totally wonderful and safe and effective if we decide to murder our unborn babies. Okay? The Bible teaches that God is the author of nations. In fact, God says in the Old Testament and the New Testament, he divided up the world into nations because he wanted it that way. Well, now they're teaching our kids that borders are racist. We've got to get rid of nation states and just be one big, happy, UN-minded family. But on almost every issue, almost all the time, they come down exactly on the wrong side of all the issues. Now, they actually have concrete international agreements that have been agreed to by every government on planet Earth to bring all this about. Uh, in 1992, George Bush went down to Rio de Janeiro with the United Nations. Every government on the planet signed up for an agreement called Agenda 21. Most Americans don't know what Agenda 21 is. If you watch CNN, they told you it's a conspiracy theory. Apparently, they don't know the definition of the terms. Uh, we've signed a climate convention on the importance of economic instruments and free markets. We're included in this mammoth uh, Agenda 21 document and the Rio Declaration. Okay, so Bush liked it. E again, every government on the planet signed this. Here's uh, the leader of the Communist Party in Congress. Uh, the Earth Summit Environmental Leadership Act, as this is known, presents us with an opportunity to follow up on the important work of the Earth Summit to develop its blueprint, Agenda 21, for envir global environmental action. HCON Res 353 outlines a comprehensive national strategy for sustainable development. So, you get the point, right? Both sides of the swamp coin agree we need a new world order. Agenda 21 and these international sustainability agreements will be at the heart of this. Now, why are we talking about this in a talk on education? Well, first, one more thing on how serious this is. Uh, this is the summary that the UN itself gave of Agenda 21. They say it needs to be implemented by every person on the planet. Notice there's no exemptions for homeschoolers in Illinois or Missouri. Okay, every person on the planet, and it's also going to require a profound reorientation of all human society, unlike anything the world has ever experienced. Right? You'd think this would be something that we ought to be talking about, right? A profound reorientation of society. Now, again, they know that you're the bitter clingers, right? So, what is their strategy? They've got all these bitter clingers in America and all over the world. What are they going to do? Well, open up the agreement. You can find it on the UN's webpage. Go to chapter 36, and they outline their strategy right there. Education is, and I'm quoting here, critical for promoting sustainable development. In fact, they say it's indispensable for giving children the right attitudes, values, and beliefs. Okay? They also say that uh, it's critical to give them the right values, attitudes, beliefs. They say it's got to include spiritual education. They don't mean what you might think they mean. And they say it's got to be integrated into all disciplines, okay? not just in social studies or civics or history. It's got to be in science and in math and in English and in every single subject. This is their strategy, folks. They're telling you in their own international agreements that have been signed by every government on the planet that brainwashing your children is the central element of their strategy for bringing this about. 
Now, here's a, a book that the UN created. I've actually got a copy in my office. It's produced by UNESCO, and it's a children's edition of Agenda 21. It's being used in government schools all over the world, not just here in America. But you've got the, uh, the deities. I don't know if they're Hindu or what, but they're sitting up on the clouds, and they're very, they're very upset because all these storks are delivering all these babies. Now, we know what God says about babies. Babies are a blessing, right? Children are a blessing. In fact, one of the first commands that God gave us was to be fruitful and to multiply. It wasn't like if you feel like it or once you reach seven billion, stop. That was an order, be fruitful and multiply. So what does the UN, remember what I said? They teach the opposite of the Bible. On the very next page, in commenting on this image, they tell you why the deities are so upset. The earth groans every time it registers another birth. That's what they're teaching your children. This is a UN book used in government schools all over the world to introduce children to Agenda 21, okay? More recently, they got Agenda 2030. Barack Obama and every other government on the planet signed this. It's basically Agenda 21 Redux. And again, right in the preamble, they'll tell you the strategy. Your children are gonna be the critical agents of change. They're gonna use this to build a better world. And that sounds nice until you realize what they mean by better world, until you realize that the Communist Party of China, by its own admission, played a critical role in coming up with Agenda 2030. So uh, goal number 10 in Agenda 2030, there's 17 so-called sustainable development goals. They say we've got to redistribute wealth, we've got to reduce inequality, it's only going to be possible if we share the wealth. And that sounds cute until you realize we've seen this movie before, haven't we? Stalin, Castro, Mao, Lenin, Paul Pot, uh, I mean, every mass murdering communist dictator of the last hundred years used exactly this rhetoric, right? God said thou shalt not steal. They say we're going to redistribute your stuff, which means we're going to steal it, okay? Now, they also tell you in goal number four that your children are the target. They say that uh, brainwashing your children is going to be critical. They say that actually your kids need to be so brainwashed, they won't just passively submit to this new world of sustainable development. They will actively promote it. And I'm going to show you what this indoctrination looks like. Uh, here's a video that UNESCO produced emphasizing the importance of education in bringing about this new world. Let's we achieve sustainable development that protects our planet and builds a more inclusive, equal, and peaceful world without education. We can't. Sustainable development begins with education. Put global education first. And we still thought the battle was at our local school boards, right? Uh, now, they become very, very effective at this, and I want to show you. They've been practicing this for 100 years. They are masters at changing the way your children think. In fact, one of the guys who uh, helped pioneer this, Benjamin Bloom, he would brag that in one hour he could undo everything that parents had tried to do in 16 years. So I want to show you how they do this, and I want to show you that they plan far in advance. In the early 1990s, if you had told somebody that we were going to soon be celebrating so-called homosexual marriages, you would have been laughed out of the room. It would have been preposterous. Sodomy was still a crime across most of the United States. That wasn't struck down until the early 2000s by the Supreme Court. But they were planning in advance. Here's a documentary they showed to children all over this country, first grade, second grade, third grade. It's called It's Elementary, talking about gay issues at school. Listen to the little clip from this documentary. Let me tell you quickly the background. Today, the law says that um, if you're the same sex, two men and two women, you can't get married. It is against the law. And I thought that it might be kind of fun for us to sort of be pretend ju judges for a few minutes. Pretend what I'm going to give each of you is a sheet that just tells you that some people think that it's wrong for gays to get married, that it's not natural, and that it goes against what a family is. Other people think that the state should not decide these things, that it should just be up to two 
adults to decide what they want to do. What do you think the answer to these questions are? Yeah, and then all the little kids, oh yeah, how mean that we don't let loving gay people get married, right? Uh, as Christians, we know that marriage is a representation of the relationship between Christ and the church, okay? <laughs> to suggest that a sodomy-based relationship can be uh, equivalent or even equal to a marriage is preposterous. It's blasphemy. And they knew that they could never pass this by asking you bitter clingers. In fact, they tried in California. People said, no, thank you. God's definition is adequate. We'll, we'll be fine with that. Thank you. So what did they do? They went for your kids, right? They taught them to think, let's be pretend judges. What do we do about this mean old discriminatory law banning loving gay people from getting married? And it worked, right? Didn't take more than a generation and a half until we were celebrating so-called homosexual marriages. Now we've fallen to drag queen story hour. Uh, and they're going to, they, you go to their website, they're bragging that they're in government schools all over this country. Kindergartens, first grade, second grade, teaching your kids about LGBTism. They're proud of it. Author and home educator Alex Newman during the Illinois Family Institute's 2021 Worldview Conference at Revive Church in Collinsville. More from his Get Your Kids Out of Government Schools presentation after this. If little kids are like sponges, then let's fill them with the truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Creators of a new children's book have now raised more than $20,000 online for their project. The title is What's an Abortion Anyway? Creators plan to send 300 copies to libraries across the country. We believe in building a world for kids and adults where abortion is normalized as another outcome of pregnancy, says the fundraising site. This, of course, raises another question. How normal can something be if it takes fundraising and propaganda just to convince the world how normal it is? This sad campaign gets one thing right. It is incredibly important to teach our children. Though very young kids don't need to hear about the violence of abortion until parents know they're ready, it is never too early to teach children that every single person, no matter how small, is created on purpose by a good God in his image and therefore has inherent dignity that no one can or should take away. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. During this edition, we're featuring remarks made by author and home educator Alex Newman at the 2021 IFI Worldview Conference. For this segment, he comments on how government schools are promoting climate change, the fundamental transformation of our society, pedophilia, and common core. What they're teaching the kids now, there's a real heavy emphasis on this. I was in school in the early 90s, and when I was in school, we learned that carbon dioxide was the gas of life. Uh, actually, humans exhale about two pounds of it every day. Plants use it for photosynthesis. It's a wonderful thing, a wonderful cycle that God has created. You know, older people understand this. Well, what are they teaching young people? They're teaching them that carbon dioxide, the gas you exhale, is a toxic pollution that's going to cook the planet unless we let the UN tax and regulate it. So from a scientific perspective, this is preposterous. Um, I interviewed Trump's climate advisor, Dr. Will Happer of Princeton University. He said the earth is starving for more CO2. Plants are designed, he said, to live in an atmosphere with four to five times as much CO2 as we have right now. That's why farmers pump it into their greenhouse. Okay? But from a totalitarian perspective, this is brilliant. If CO2 is pollution and everything that produces CO2 needs to be taxed and regulated, there's nothing you can do, and I mean nothing. You can't sleep, you can't eat, you can't drink, you can't turn on a light switch, can't start your car, you can't even die 
okay, without being subject to the UN's rules, regulations, and taxes on CO2. That's what's happening, folks. They're turning your kids into little political activists, and they will wage war on your freedom, on your country, on your constitution, on your family. Now, Charlotte Israel has become a good friend of mine. She was Ronald Reagan's senior policy advisor on education until she started leaking all these documents about how they were merging the U.S. and Soviet system. She said, that's a crazy idea. Why would we do that? So she didn't last too long there. But she explains in this clip that, uh, you know, people think they're sending their kids to school to learn how to read, write, and do math. That's not what's happening. They're going there to be fundamentally transformed. The purpose of education is reading, writing, and arithmetic. The purpose of education is to change the thoughts, actions, and feelings of students. This is Shirley McCoon. Uh, she was hired by the U.S. Department of Education in the late 80s to start developing national standards and national curricula. She was with the Mid-Continental Educational Research Laboratory. And she is a wackadoodle of the highest order. But here she is speaking to all 50 of the nation's governors at a summit convened by George H.W. Bush. Understanding that what we're into is a total restructuring of the society. A total restructuring of our society. And she goes on, a total transformation of everything. Okay. Now listen to the role of the schools. The other function of schools, which sounds paradoxical and yet in a sense is really not, is the fact that we have to prepare students not for today's society, but for a society that's 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road. And so we have to anticipate what the future is and then move back and figure out what it is we need to do today. That's called anticipatory socialization or the social change function of school. Anticipatory socialization, social change function of school. I thought they were going there to learn how to read and write. <laughs> See, you got it all wrong. That's not what they're doing. Uh, this is one of the books she wrote. It's called The Light Shall Set You Free, and it's not the light that you're thinking about. Okay? She claimed to be in communication with these spiritual entities. She, th there's a pattern here that all these people involved at the highest levels of our education system are into some very weird stuff. Uh, now, what does this fundamental transformation look like? I'm just going to give you a, a couple of just quick uh, points so that you can see what this transformation is looking like and where it's going to go. Now, in uh, Minnesota, you remember that whole equal partner thing? Uh, in Minnesota, we got to see up close and personal what that looks like. So a little boy decided he was actually a little girl. Uh, Mom, can I have a sex change, please? Uh, no, son, that's ridiculous. Get on the bus. Well, the other equal partner in this relationship, the public school, knew better than the mom, so they actually took this child to a medical facility, and I use that term loosely, and they castrated him. They gave him what's called a sex change, and they filled him with, uh, with hormones, and uh, you know, now there's a federal lawsuit about it, but guess what? You can't put the pieces parts back, right? That ship has sailed. In California, I actually downloaded this right from the Department of Education's website. It's called a gender transition plan and an individual support plan. So the children at school, they can fill out this form. Uh, no, my mommy and daddy don't know that I'm a transgender. Yes, I want help getting hormones. Yes, I want you to get me scheduled for a surgery. And again, on this form, if your parents don't agree to this madness, then the school will hide this from the parents. They'll, you can be called, uh, you know, Sally when you're at school by your teachers, and then when your parents come to school, then suddenly your name will be David again. Okay, That's where they're going with this. And I was talking about this in Florida not long ago, and a school board member from a rural conservative county said, oh my goodness, they're doing that same thing here. This is everywhere, folks. California Health Education Framework in Illinois is probably just as bad. Uh, they've got a book for five-year-olds called Who Are You? There are infinite genders. The doctor who uh, assigned you a gender at birth didn't know what he was talking about. You could be agender, bigender, trigender, neutral, free spirit, a whole bunch of things I can't even pronounce. And if you disagree, if you're one of those bitter clingers, you're a bigot and a hater. Okay? This is what they're teaching five-year-old kids.
the National Education Association, largest union in America, three plus million members, teamed up with the most vicious LGBT organization in America, the Human Rights Campaign. They're the folks behind the Equality Act. They want to shut down and persecute your churches and your pastors if they won't bow the knee to the golden idol of LGBTism. So the NEA and the Human Rights Campaign put out this video. They sent it to every one of their members through their newsletter. Listen to what they're teaching the teachers. Hi, your name is Emma, yes. correct? And my name is Zim. What pronouns do you use? I use she, they, them. Cool, cool, cool. What pronouns do you use? I use they, them, and also just Z. And so instead of being a boy or a girl or something undefined or in the middle, I kind of like, just use my name. You know, my name is Zim. So if you just use Z instead of a pronoun, it's like more personalized and like less fitting into a binary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just for future reference, guys, my preferred pronouns are your royal majesty. So, uh, and, you know, there's going to be consequences for people who misgender people and use the wrong pronouns. Okay, that's already coming, already happening in schools and in college campuses. Uh, I, I grew up in uh, eight different countries on four different continents. I, I literally grew up with every type of kid you could ever imagine. Hindus, Buddhists, Shintos, black, white, purple, every kind of kid you could imagine. Never in my entire childhood did I meet a boy who didn't understand he was a boy. Never in my entire childhood did I meet a girl who didn't know she was a girl. Didn't happen. The word transgender wasn't in the dictionary, and this was in the 90s, okay? Well, fast forward to today. The University of California at Los Angeles just released a study a couple years ago. They found that 27% of California's children, ages 12 through 17, are self-described gender non-conforming. So they're boys who don't accept their boys or girls who don't accept that they're girls. 27%, okay? Give it another 10 years, maybe we'll be at 50%, and then maybe we'll have the sense to say, wait a minute, what are you guys doing to those kids at the school? Right? And uh, the people who live in conservative districts, I hear this all the time when I talk uh, around the country, well, you know, that's in Illinois and California and, and New York. That doesn't happen in Kansas or Nebraska. Oh, well, Utah, one of the most conservative states in the union. I was there in uh, March 2020, right before the COVID tyranny descended on us, and uh, I was meeting with some of their top education officials, and they gave me this data. There has been, in the state of Utah, a 10,000% increase in the number of minor girls going through what they call gender transition. So they're, they're pumping them full of puberty blockers, hormones, testosterone. They're getting them ready or even giving them uh, mastectomies, mutilating their genitals. 10,000% increase in five years, folks. And it's not in the water. It's not even from Hollyweird. The real root of this problem is what they're being taught in the government school system, and it's everywhere, guys. Okay, the final frontier. Right, the last taboo, children. You didn't think they would go there? Well, they will, and they already are doing it. Okay, in California, in 2016, they passed the Mandatory LGBT Brainwashing Act. and They, they call it that history. And so all the kids are supposed to learn about the history of the LGBT movement. So I, I actually got a copy of this curriculum. It was being used. Uh, it's a PowerPoint presentation. They start off with Harvey Milk, uh, the child rapist, some of whose victims went on to kill themselves, got elected with the help of Jim Jones, the, uh, the notorious cult leader. Well... They start with him, and then they go on to ancient Greece, and they just kind of casually throw it out there. Oh, yeah, ancient Greek men used to have lots of sex with boys. Like, well, no big deal. And so this mother said, what are you teaching to my kids? She went to the uh, assistant superintendent of curricula for this district and said, why are you teaching my kids pedophilia? What's wrong with you people? Hey, come on, guys. Different gender orientations and sexual orientations have existed through history, so it's really important that we teach. Think about what this means, guys. So what happens when these little kids, I mean, we all recognize it would be insane to put a pedophile in charge of the Sunday school ministry or the kindergarten, right? It'd be criminal. And yet what happens when these kids get out of school? They were taught that raping children is just a different sexual orientation. How dare you discriminate against those poor pedophiles? It's just their sexual orientation, right? You can't change that. 
That's what they're teaching the kids. And there's a pattern. Here's another school in California. Pedophilia is sexual orientation. This is what they're teaching your kids all over America right now. Now, UNESCO, the UN Educational Agency, they actually in 2018 put out global standards for sex education. It would blow your mind. Five-year-olds need to learn about things that I would never discuss in polite company. Never, not in a million years. By the time they're nine, they need to defend safe and legal murder of unborn babies. Okay, in kindergarten, they're supposed to understand homosexual parenting and gender fluidity. And then when they've got a whole section in the back, a Q&A, so what about when grumpy religious leaders and parents come and confront you about this? Oh, then you tell them it's an evidence-based program. Okay, huh, interesting. Then they've got all the evidence. They've got all kinds of citations in the back. You turn to the back, where's the evidence from? 23 citations from Planned Parenthood, the largest butcher of unborn babies in the United States. That's why we have to do this to your kids, okay? That's where they're going, folks. Alfred Kinsey, one of the most sick people who has ever existed on the planet, responsible for the rape and sexual torture of hundreds, maybe thousands of children, some months-old babies. They kept meticulous data and recorded it in their books. These are the quack pseudoscientists who decided that children were sexual beings from birth and that government schools needed to sexualize them from the moment they could get their hands on it. But these people are sick. These are the people who made the argument that we need to sexualize the kids in schools, and they are winning. SICUS, the uh, Sex Education Information Council of the United States, was formed right after this to propagate the teachings of this sicko. Okay. Uh, now, you know, we still have the idea that our kids are learning, that they're being educated. They're not, folks. Okay, Common Core, you guys probably heard about that. They put two subject matter experts on the Common Core Validation Committee. These are the Common Core people, right? They put two experts, one in English, one in math. I know them both. I serve on some boards with them. They're very nice people, but we disagree on national standards. But listen to what they said. The only English expert, Dr. Stan Drostotsky, said, I'm not going to sign off on these standards. We're taking out all the great literature. We're dumbing down the kids. We're reducing their ability, uh, their ability to think critically. I'm not signing off on that, period. Only English expert. Then we get to the only math expert, Dr. James Milgram of Stanford University. Same thing. I can't sign off on this. They're as non-challenging as possible. They have extremely serious failings. There are actual errors in the math. So let's mandate them in all 50 states. Okay, true story. Okay, the federal government knows this is making your kids dumber. Uh, they funded a study by a group called CSAIL that found significant negative effects from Common Core on the education of your kids. They said the magnitude of these negative effects gets worse over time. Okay, the longer the kids are subjected to this, the dumber they're gonna get. We've got next generation pseudoscience standards brought to you by the Common Core people. Get this, 12 years of so-called science education, your kids will never hear the term scientific method. Not once, if the standards are followed. Why? Because if they did, they might know that the gender stuff and the climate stuff makes absolutely no sense. So you can't have them knowing the scientific method. Instead, they're taught that they came from slime and that there is no God, uh, through monkeys, of course, and that the climate is going to be cooked if we don't give all our money and all our freedom to the UN. And finally, the idea that gender is a social construct. There are infinite genders. It's all pseudoscience, of course, but that's what they want to teach your kids. Uh, and now to the issue of our kids being educated. You know, your average parent that sends their kids to a, a government school, they think their kids are going there to learn how to read, write, and do math. I'm here to tell you that they're not, okay? But I don't want you to believe me. Uh, I want to point you to the government's own data. So the federal government, every two years, they do what's called the National Assessment of Educational Progress. They take a representative sample of students from all across the country and they give them tests. These are their results from 2019, the latest set that's available. Less than one-third of eighth graders are proficient in math. Mind you, they're not good at math. They're not excelling. They're barely making the most dumbed-down standards we've ever had in our entire history. Okay, I'd be embarrassed if my first grader 
couldn't become proficient on these eighth grade standards, and yet not even a third of eighth graders, okay? Uh, just one third of eighth graders are proficient in English, one fourth of high school seniors are proficient in math, and one third of high school seniors are proficient in English. Two thirds of eighth graders are not proficient in any core subject, English, science, math, reading, writing, nothing. Okay, they know all about gender theory. They know all about that we're going to die from global warming, but they don't know anything about the things that parents actually think they're going to school to learn. Okay, this is beyond unacceptable. We've got to disabuse ourselves of the notion that our children are getting an education at the public schools. They're not. And you don't have to believe me, the government itself will tell you that. Okay? Now, what are they doing? Well, they're going on field trips to mosques. They're bowing down to Allah. They're, they're writing out the Shahada, the Islamic conversion prayer. It's happening everywhere, Tennessee, West Virginia, everywhere. They're having to write out that Allah is the only deity and Mohammed is his messenger, right? What about separation of church and state? Yeah, we got it all over. They got mindfulness education in government schools all over the nation. This is Buddhism, and Buddhists will happily tell you that this is Buddhism. So will the mindfulness education people. Okay, they've got uh, Hinduism in all the classrooms. They call it yoga. And I mean, some of the rituals, I, I was reading the Chicago Tribune just a couple of days ago. They had this weird ritual where they turned the lights down and closed all the windows and they started incense up and they put a picture of some guy at the front and they were throwing orange peels and, and flowers and it's part of some Hindu ritual in a government school classroom right here in Illinois. Okay. Uh, now, the U.S. Department of Education funded this uh, paper on how do we get rid of the Christian privilege in our school? You know, that Christian privilege where they're teaching kids the Ten Commandments and the Lord's Prayer. Wait, no, that's not happening, right? Well, one of the ways they can do it is they can infuse the curriculum with Islamic thought. True story, okay? In uh, North Carolina, right, this is happening even in conservative states, they had the little Christian kids stand up in front of the classroom and apologize for their Christian privilege. They also made the children of European descent go up and apologize for their European privilege. And I'll just say this about uh, critical race theory. I just wrote a big article about it in the Epic Times, and I included this information in there. But this is what stuck with me. Uh, I serve on a board with a Chinese immigrant to the United States named Lily Tang Williams, a uh, wonderful lady. And she told me, I had to speak out on this critical race theory stuff because when I got here from China, I had been brainwashed into exactly this way of thinking, and now I'm seeing the same thing happen in America. She said it, during Chairman Mao's days, they herded all the children into these indoctrination centers that they called public schools, and they told them there's two categories of people. There's the red classes and the black classes. The black classes were the bad ones. They were the ones that were counter-revolutionaries, uh, landowners, business owners, middle class, people who were educated. Those were the black classes. They were the bad oppressor classes. Then there was the red classes, the landless peasants, the revolutionary soldiers, the Mao supporters, etc. And you were born into one of the two classes. And they would force the little children to stand up in front of the class and apologize for being part of the black classes. And the kids would have to do these uh, self-criticisms, and they would have to denounce their parents and their family. And she said it didn't take long before the blood of millions of people was running in the streets. It's an old Marxist tactic. They've weaponized it a little bit differently for the United States context, but it's the same exact principle. They want to divide us so they can conquer us. Okay. Uh, now, it's gotten so crazy. Okay, if you guys have read the Old Testament, this will make you really think. Uh, you know, America was once a country that knew God. Now, in California, just a few weeks ago, the State Board of Education voted unanimously to approve a new ethnic studies model curriculum. As part of this curriculum, children in elementary school will be chanting to the demonic Aztec deities of cannibalism and war and human sacrifice. Okay. 
I grew up in Mexico City. I spent seven years there, more time than I ever lived any other place. I went to those pyramids at Tenochtitlan more times than I can count, and everybody knows that what they would do there is they would take up captured people, prisoners, slaves, children, chop out their hearts, sacrifice them to these deities. I mean, I knew the names of these deities when I saw it, and then pray that these deities would bless them while they went out and conquered more people. Children in California, now mandatory, part of this ethnic studies curriculum, will be chanting to these same deities. And these deities are going to be asked to give help with uh, critical consciousness, liberation, uh, unbelievable. They're supposed to ask these deities for help becoming warriors for social justice. One of the guys who wrote this curriculum goes by the name of Cuauhtémoc. It's a, a name he stole from a very prominent Mexican Indian. He actually wrote in a book before this curriculum was adopted that the Aztec deities should be asked for help waging a counter-genocide against Christians in America. So what happened when uh, God's people in ancient Israel went whoring after other gods and started sacrificing their children and worshiping Moloch and Baal? A lot of bad things, right? Uh, and I submit to you that uh, we may be headed in the very same direction, okay? So as I see it, we have two options. We get our kids out as quickly as we possibly can, or you get ready for that little new world order that they were talking about where you will have no freedom and everything you love will be flipped upside down. We formed the ministry public school exit. Well, Illinois Family Institute is our partner here in the state of Illinois. Guys, I think this is the critical fight. All the other fights that we're fighting, they all come back to this. Our children are being discipled, not by parents, not by the church, but by a government that hates God and hates family. That's all I have, guys. Thank you so much. Alex Newman, during the 2021 IFI Worldview Conference at Revive Church in Collinsville. Mr. Newman is one of the founders of Public School Exit. IFI is working with this ministry to provide Christ-centered alternatives to government schools. You can find out more at IllinoisFamily.org. And click events at IllinoisFamily.org for information about the IFI Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with the Reverend Dr. Erwin Lutzer. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute. All donations are tax deductible. And tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.